Getting pitched? There's a podcast for that, and you're listening to it. The Save the Date Wedding Podcast, the number one podcast about all things wedding -y. Save the Date is hosted by comedian, author, and all-around wedding lover, Alicia McCormack. Well, hello there. Welcome to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. I'm Alicia, the host of the show, the gal that just talks about weddings and wedding-related things. Sometimes I take it off on a little different path, but today it's a Q&A episode, so I guarantee you I will be answering your questions that you have sent me via email, Facebook, bloody carrier pigeon, Game of Thrones style. I don't know. However it gets to me, I try and answer them. And I've uh, got some pretty interesting topics to cover today. I, that sounded higher than only dogs could hear that then. Do apologize. I have been, uh, <laughs> this week I've been doing hardcore yoga because, and this is just shows you the sort of person I am straight away, is that my friend is in town from Australia and I said, oh, there's a really good posh up, upper class sort of yoga studio up the road from me, which I can't really afford to go to. I can't, but they have a special deal if you pay 40 pounds. So it's about 50, 60 US dollars, Australian dollars, whatever. You can go along for as many times as you can cram in, in one month. Now I am talking, when I say posh, this place, I've done yoga in church halls, in crappy, dingy basement you know, rapey, awful places. You shouldn't use the word rape on a wedding podcast. I do apologize. There it is. You know, those sort of places you go, I can't relax here because I, if I close my eyes, I may be mugged. I don't really know. So this place is the extreme opposites. It is in Chelsea. And you might have heard of the show Made in Chelsea. It's nothing like that. But it's those sort of people that go along. And it's a very pleasant environment to be in. I go there and just want to live in the yoga studio. It's brightly lit. There's lots of windows. The the yoga teachers are all, they all speak with rounded vowels. They're all, you know, quite educated sort of women. And uh, some are very, are very, you know, svelte, svelte, svelte. Is that the word? I'm not even going to edit that because I think it's the word. I don't know. They're lean women. And uh, we've been going along and trying all these different yoga classes. And it's been really fun. And sometimes we giggle a lot. That's the beautiful thing about going with your friends. And my friend Julia said, it's like sex in the city. I've never done yoga with a friend. I've always gone solo. And me too. It's always sort of been this solo little mission that I would trudge along to. And he really enjoy, but it makes a difference when you go along with someone, which is why I think if you've listened to my episode a couple of weeks ago about sort of, uh, about chilling out, one of the suggestions I had was pick, pick an activity to go along with your bridesmaids or friends or mother-in-law or I don't know, it doesn't have to be a girl, go along and, and do an activity together. And also you can help each other actually turn up on the day. Because if you say, oh, I've booked in for a two o'clock class on a Saturday and your friend's coming too, unless you both are weak and decide you want to go and drink wine and eat chips instead, then you'll probably go to that class and then you can eat the wine and the chips afterwards. That's what we've been doing. We counterbalance and say, let's do the yoga and then let's reward ourselves, which I know is not necessarily positive, but it's nice when you're with a friend. So we've been going to these classes, having a lovely time, trying all the different styles of classes and all the different styles of instructors. And my goodness, there are a variety out there. And one thing we've been noticing is that some of the instructors just like to treat the class like it's a nightclub, which is something I've never experienced before in yoga. You you picture yoga being sort of um, a little slight, maybe some ching-chong-chong-chong background music, but not sort of heavy beats. 
And the other day we got in there and we were all quiet and calm. And then, you know, the DJ started basically. And I got the giggles. And when I get the giggles, it's trouble. It really is. So that's been my week. I've got three weeks left, two weeks left of this pass. I'm going to just smash it. I probably will go and give them my money afterwards. They've indoctrinated me now. I'm probably, I'm probably in for the long haul. But that was just an idea. I was thinking if you want to go pre-wedding, lots of yoga studios and gyms do these sort of deals where you just pay a lower price for a month or a couple of weeks. So if you are tight on the old coin, perhaps you could go and explore similar options in your area and go along with a friend or a bridesmaid and just get physical. Do it. Enjoy it. This Friday, I'm heading along to the Etsy Wedding Fair in London. And uh, Etsy are actually holding these wonderful events all over the world at the moment. If you Google them, they're everywhere. They're great. But what it is, is they have they set up this beautiful little um, area. It's not like a big mainstream bridal exhibition that we've talked about before. It's more of a low-key way for them to support and promote their Etsy wedding vendors. And I think it's a great idea. I'm really looking forward to going along with my microphone and doing a bit of an episode to talk about some of the great extra things that you can purchase from Etsy vendors and suppliers, artists, creative people. As you've probably heard me say, Etsy is great because I call it DIY without the why. It's 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 one of those things that you can show off a handcrafted item without having to sit around for 12 hours and try and figure out how to do it if that's not what you want to do. You don't have to be into craft, just buy it. So I'm quite excited about a little day trip, get out of the house, go and see some Etsy people, hopefully meet some interesting people that I can bring you on the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. Hey, have you subscribed to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast newsletter? God, I hate that word. Newsletter just reminds me of something that you used to take home at school and then not give your parents and then get in trouble because they didn't know about some sort of activity. Do you remember doing that? It was always at the bottom of my school bag and my dad would go, you'd get to a day where it's some sort of dress up day that was in the newsletter. And then I didn't have a costume because I hadn't taken the newsletter out of the bag. And then Dad's like, "Oh Jesus, how am I supposed to bloody know this if it's not if it's not written in the newsletter? Where's the newsletter?" So uh, that's not what you're getting. I took on, I took that on a weird path. The Save the Date Wedding Podcast newsletter, in air quotes, not a newsletter, is basically a way for me to communicate to you with you occasionally, perhaps send you some discount codes. I have quite a few suppliers that send me little messages saying, hey, if you share this with your podcast listeners, we'll give you 25% off. So I would like a way to communicate with you directly via email. It's not spammy. It probably won't be very often. Gee, I'm selling this, aren't I? (laughs) Let's, let's, Let's redo that and say, hey, if you give me your email, here's the exchange. I, if you share your email with me, I'm going to give you a copy of my book, which is actually for sale at the moment on Amazon for about 10 bucks. It is called the Save the Date Wedding Podcast Guide to Getting Hitched. It is 155 pages of wedding planning goodness. You may have seen it in the shops. It's available via hardcover under a different title, which I shall not say. So if you're interested in receiving that book for free, sign up for the Save the Date Wedding Podcast uh, mailing list is what I'm calling it, the non-boring sounding newsletter. And I will send that to you in a PDF format and you can read it and uh, enjoy it and hopefully learn things about planning a wedding. And also occasionally receive some communications from me. Oh, there it is. Sorry. 
That sounded sounded a bit sounded a bit a bit a bit, a bit crazy today. I'm really excited to answer some questions, and also even more excited because I have Nova from New Bride on to answer one question today. She's going to be joining me in the next week or two to talk about confidence, and I think confidence is one of those subjects that is wedding related, but is also life related. We all suffer from lack of confidence at one time or another. Even me. I know you might think, well, you're a stand-up comedian, you've been on the telly, you got up and you perform in front of people, I've emceed things in front of thousands of people, but I can absolutely say to you, confidence is one of those things, it doesn't mean you're an extrovert, you instantly have confidence, you instantly feel good about yourself all the time. So it's a discussion that Nova and I really wanted to have and share with you because not only is a wedding day one of those moments in your life where you have a lot of attention on you and it can be panicky. And I sort of say in this interview, not to give too much away, but to be honest, a wedding where you are standing in front of your nearest and dearest and you are you are talking about personal feelings, you are emitting emotion, it can be quite confronting, even for people like me who is used to sort of standing up and talking in front of people. One thing I sort of say is, with stand-up comedy especially, I, I, you know, I'm really affected. When I know there's someone I know in the audience, it makes me really nervous. If I'm performing to a room of strangers, fine. I don't, I don't know these people. They're not going to judge me. Well, they'll judge me and then go off and talk about me in the toilets after the gig, which does happen. And just reminding you, as stand-up comedian people here, if you're going to watch stand-up comedy, don't bitch about the act after the act because they want to toddle off to the toilet too. And sometimes we hear you talking about us and it's shit, unless it's good, and then that's fine. <laughs> if you're praising me, fine. But just remember... We're people too, and it hurts our feelings sometimes. So I think the big thing about confidence is trying to tap into what makes you feel good about yourself and therefore how to project that on your wedding day and beyond. And Nova, as well as writing this fabulous wedding planning blog, a diversity wedding planning blog called newbride.com, in her day job, Nova's a life coach. So I thought, who better to talk to about how to build confidence and improve your self-respect and self-appreciation, which is what really confidence comes from, than Nova. So I'm very excited to be bringing you that episode in the coming weeks and very happy that she's here to answer a question today. So uh, let's just get on with it, shall we? First question comes from a lovely listener called Adela. She says, hey, Alicia, recently engaged here and already in love with your podcast. So many great tidbits. Thank you, Adela. That is so nice. It's lovely to hear from new brides, new newly engaged people. She says, I went home this weekend to celebrate with my folks and got to try on my mother's wedding dress. I loved it. Although it needs some stylish alterations, I think it could be perfect. Only issue is that it's faded and turned an ivory color. Is there any way to restore it? Would I be shunned if I wore an off-white dress? Thank you. Wow. Okay. Can I just say, when I received this email, the first thing I thought is how lucky you are that your mum must have been a stylish, is a stylish broad who has picked a wedding dress that you like. Because one of my points that I've made in the past uh, on the podcast and in my book is that often 
women hold on to their wedding dress with this belief that their daughter will want to wear it. Now, you know, 99% of people will look at their mother's wedding dress and go, oh my giddy aunt, that is awful or great for back in the bloody 70s, but not really good for me. And also people are different shapes and sizes. We've got different styles. And to be honest, we're very lucky that we're in an age now where we do have access to great technologies for cleaning things. And I'm going to get to that in a moment, Adele. But the big thing for me is you, you know, deciding that this is what you want to do. There've been a lot of great BuzzFeed, HuffPost articles about, and I will include them in the blog if you visit savethedatepodcast.com, about women using part of their mother's wedding dress or their grandmother's wedding dress. There were a couple of great stories recently about how their grandmother got married, you know, in the 50s and had these amazing sort of madman style, you know, 50s gowns that they went, oh my goodness, this thing, you couldn't even make this thing now. It's so beautiful and have, have reworn them. Now, if you'd listened to a recent episode I did with um, a wonderful vintage bridal expert, Karen from Rock the Frock Bridal, I would absolutely say to go back and listen to that if you haven't already, because her whole business is sourcing vintage wedding dresses for people all over the world. And she did talk a lot about how to... Well, when you're finding a wedding dress and you're looking at a beautiful old wedding dress, especially online, I know this is different for you because you've already got it, but you need to be careful about looking for discoloration under the armpits. I know that doesn't sound very glamorous, but that is what happens. We do emit sweat. We do emit moisture. And if that isn't dry cleaned after being used, and this happens for modern dresses as well, it can create discoloration. So one thing to do is to find a dry cleaner or a specialist and not just any crappy dry cleaner from down the road. I'm talking about doing your Google research that specializes in treating vintage clothing. Now, Without seeing this gown, and I, I'm going to say to you, um, if you, I'm going to forward your email on to Karen as well, so perhaps she can give her personal opinion, and you might be able to send her some photographs to see how to treat the dress. It probably isn't possible to dye the the dress because in any sort of heavy dyeing or bleaching or anything like that would probably damage the older material, but it might be worth asking a professional if they can clean it and how much of the dress color will change with the cleaning. So to me, the big thing is you need to check if the dress is going to stay together. Often people have stored dresses in correct procedures over 20 or 30 years, but then when you put the dress on, you can feel that it's not necessarily uh, moving with you. It might rip and tear, and that's just because it's old. You can't really help it. So one thing to do is after you take it along to the dry cleaner, get their professional advice. The vintage specialist dry cleaner is also to put the dress on and move around in it and see if you feel comfortable in it, obviously, before it's been changed and altered for your body shape. Now, the end part of your question is, do you think it's bad wearing an off-white colored dress? No! I think it's amazing. I mean, how bloody spectacular is it that you get to wear the dress your mother wore on her wedding day? I think that's really special. And bugger anyone who says, well, it's not ivory. Well, it's not pure white. And I actually, to be honest, I when I tried wedding dresses on, I tried that really white, white dress color on and it looked goddamn awful on me. I think an off-white and ivory is really nice on a lot of different skin tones. 
and it is classy. I think you're classy for doing what you're going to be doing. And to be honest, it's going to save you some coin, some serious coin, Adela. So I would say, yes, do your research. Make sure you take it along to a reputable person. Pay some decent money. Don't be tight on this sort of uh, treatment, dry cleaning. Maybe go and see a couple of people because the worst thing that could happen is you take it to someone who is promising the world and is not used to treating vintage fabrics and they ruin it. So I don't want to be a fear monger because that is not how I roll, but I do say this is one of those special occasions where it's worth spending a little bit of extra money and spending a bit of extra Google time in finding that right person to look after your special gown. I mean, what a treat. I'm sure there are people listening thinking, gee, I wish my mum was fashionable enough to give me a wedding address that I actually want to wear and not some one of those 80s, big, puffy, sleeved, gosh, Think about that awful wedding dresses that probably look great at the time, but not something you really want to relive now unless you're wearing it at a costume party. I hope that's helped you. Thank you so much for getting in touch and congratulations again on your engagement and finding a sassy dress right under your nose. Well done. If you have a question, visit savethedatepodcast.com or hit me up on the Twitter or the Facebook or the Instagram, but you can't really, you can ask questions on Instagram, but gee, I mean, there are easier ways to do it. There really are. All right. New Bride is answering another question straight after this. Here's the thing about hosting a wedding podcast. I can get other people on to do my dirty work and it's not dirty work. (laughs) (laughs) They can help solve your problems when I go, oh, I don't know about that one. So who have I got? NovaNewBride.com is here. You're just one word now, NovaNewBride. (laughs) NovaFromNewBride.com is here to help me answer a question. Welcome. Thank you for having me again. Always a pleasure. You could permanently be on my show and I'd be happy. Oh, yay. Well, look. Hey, Olivia has written to me and she says, Alicia, first of all, thank you for making a wonderful podcast. As someone who's not really thought about weddings in the past, your podcast is hugely helpful. Now I'm starting to plan mine. I'm learning fast. I absolutely love listening to you and laughing on the walk to work each morning. Thank you, Olivia. That's delightful. Very lovely. I like hearing where people listen. Yeah. I, I look at people on the tube, the train, as well, the tube as we call it here in, in the UK, and go, are you listening to my podcast? <laughs> it's probably a bit creepy. Livia says, I wanted to ask a question about remembering loved ones at weddings. My dad passed away two years ago and my fiancé's dad passed away eight years ago. That's very sad. Aww. We both come from very close families and I'm very conscious that our dad's absences will be felt hugely on the day. It's important to me that both dads are part of the day. Emotions surrounding our dads are inevitable and Mm -hmm. not unwelcome at all. However, I am not sure how to do this without making the day unbearably emotional for everyone, particularly myself and my fiancé. I would like to do something subtle but meaningful. I've seen pictures of people leaving a seat empty, but I'm not sure about this. Thanks Mm -hmm. again for your wonderful podcast. That's nice. You are helping make the experience of being engaged even more fun. Smiley face. Oh, gorgeous, gorgeous reader. Listener, listener. I am so privileged, (laughs) listener slash reader, to have people write. And thank you, Olivia, because this is a hard topic. and It is, but it's it's very natural and normal and relevant and, you know... A perfect thing. It's a perfect question to ask, and I think it's important. You know, so many of us 
are coming from families where we have lost someone and mm. you know we're getting married in general much later on in life mm-hmm. and and sadly that means that not all of our family can be there to celebrate with us um and finding a way to acknowledge their existence and also honor what they have contributed in terms of who you are as human beings and where you are today as a result of them is a beautiful thing and it's actually quite a joyful thing as well so yeah. There are many ways you can do that. That could be something subtle in having uh, lots of family tree photos, having people input and having a visual memory in some way. Um, do depending on the type of ceremony you have, having candles lit during your service. That's nice. Part of during your vows or just after your vows. That's usually a nice way to to light a candle in their honour and that would usually be led by either a registrar or a reverend depending if you're having a civil or religious mm-hmm. service and that's usually a, a poignant and a very easy way of weaving that in um, or it might be during your speeches if you're following a traditional format um, then you might want to dedicate a moment during your speech to make that acknowledgement and an honour or it might be that you just want to symbolise something you know mm. By joining two families together. I think, and I mean, it's particularly poignant, I suppose, for Olivia and her partner that, unfortunately, both of her, their dads aren't yeah. there. Because, yeah. I mean, parents were a big part of the day. Huge, huge. My mother was not, my mother passed away 10 years ago, and she wasn't oh. part of our day. But I have her watch, mm. and I always wear her watch. And we had our lovely celebrant, Vanessa, um, acknowledge mum and my beautiful grandmother and Rich's grandmother, because we really felt their... Non, well, yes. We felt their presence, but they're non-presence. Yes. yes. And to me, it wasn't one of those moments where I was I was just so on a high from the day. Yeah. But it was just a lovely little moment. And, you know, people obviously in the... I'm going to say, I always say the audience. Well, they are, aren't they? <laughs> Our guests. Show. People at the Alicia and Richard show were going... <laughs> Yeah, they knew of these women yeah. that were really important to us on the day. So I, although I, you know, this is obviously new, especially with her father not being there. I don't. You, sh- you shouldn't be afraid of emotion. Don't be afraid of it. It's 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 perfect. It's you know, if people feel sad and they want to cry, then cry. If they mm. want to smile and remember a fond memory, then that's okay. I don't think you should. I don't think you should edit or, you know put a mask on 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 expressing that and honoring that mm. um a recent wedding we went to the father passed away and 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 that he was remembered in a speech uh, and, and they they dedicated a moment in of of remembering and remembrance in the speech um a song people, a song, song is nice. another good thing well the the father-daughter dance just thinking about whether you want to have you know whether you want to just have a moment of reflection there or yeah. or do that with your or not do it at all. Do you see what I mean? All yeah. of these things where there are traditions that would include the father, just thinking about how you want to do them instead. I mean, for Olivia, thinking about who she's walking down the aisle with. And, and if, you know, if she's not, if she's walking down on her own, mm. then it might be that incorporating something or a locket with a picture of her father within her bouquet or That's on her nice. body so that she's there with him, mm. whether she decides to walk down the aisle on her own or with her mother or with somebody else instead. there There is an element of going through that motion with him. Yeah. I just think it, yeah. it, it, it is about inclusive, inclusion and being inclusive without it being 
And I hate saying without it. This sounds true. It's not the folk, It's not a funeral. It's not a funeral. It's yeah. not a Debbie Downer moment of going. Yeah. It, yes, it's so sad that they aren't there to share that. But overall, and we've said it before, weddings go very quickly. There's a lot of emotions yeah. in it anyway. But even if you do feel cut up at that moment. It'll pass and the joy will return and you'll it have will. a cracking day. Because that's that's the focus. The focus is on, you know, you and your husband making a public declare to share your lives together and that joy is absolutely infectious and, mm. and that will that will seep through. Um, and that's what the dads would have wanted. That's what the dads would have wanted and that's what I say, you know, remembering them doesn't have to be a sad memory. It could, you know, it, people might remember fondly or, or they might be sad and... Either either way is fine, mm. depending on you know whatever. However you choose to acknowledge them, is fine. Yeah, and I, completely appropriate. I think this is a great topic to obviously speak more about. But I'm so happy you were here to help me answer that question because you are always very eloquent ah. and uh, just lovely. Thank so you. thank you very much for helping me answer that question. If you want to get in touch with Nova, visit New Bride. I oh, know I had to sing that <laughs> New Bride N U bride.com yes follow her on the various social medias you're everywhere i'm everywhere twitter facebook instagram instagram interest oh my lord how do we have time i don't (laughs) we just need to go and have a special lie down now (laughs) hey you'll be able to hear we are talking confidence that is coming up next week or the week after i can't remember but keep you're going to subscribe if you're subscribing to the show it'll just pop in to your special inbox it's not what it's called. If you're an iTunes listener, an Acast listener, you do subscribe and it will arrive. But it's so great to have you on and I can't wait to share that episode with our lovely listeners because it's really important, if I do say so myself. Very much so. Thank you, Nova. Pleasure. <laughs> there you go. Always succinct and uh, to the point and just lo- warm and lovely. That's what I like finding about these wonderful guests that I get on. They tell the truth uh, in a nice way. <laughs> There it is. So that is the Save the Date Winning Podcast Q&A Thursday episode for this week. And I'm delighted that you joined me. Thank you so much for that. If you have a question, visit savethedatepodcast.com. I hope your wedding planning is going well. You aren't stressed out. You're reading, you're absorbing, you're learning, you're not feeling pressure. And you are enjoying a bit of time out in the sunshine, speaking to your partner about other things that aren't wedding related. And uh, you're looking after yourself, most importantly. Until we meet again, I wish you well, I wish you happy wedding planning and happy days. Save the date wedding podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.